But he said, I feel like it's elevated how people see me in the community. It's elevated they think I take my business more seriously. It led to him changing locations, doing something more high profile. So I think print does that for brands. You're listening to On The Real Estate, a show for real estate agents at any level, buyers, sellers, or anyone interested in learning more about this crazy industry we're in. I'm Kelly Dubois. Today, our guest is Gina Stevens with Raleigh Magazine. Gina is the publisher. Thank you for coming, Gina. Thanks for having me. Tell us a little bit about your magazine first. I'm curious. I want to hear everything. Then we'll go to real estate. So Raleigh Magazine is like a city magazine, like you'd see in Boston, Atlanta, and Chicago. Um, Really designed to be an insider's guide for somebody who maybe has lived here a year or five years, or for that person that maybe has lived here their whole life but feels like it's changing at warp speed and they can't keep up. And I've owned multiple publications in the market for a long time, but there wasn't really a city magazine And I was afraid that someone would come in from out of town and start one. And I really wanted it to be an insider's guide. I love that. And it's, it's, yeah, it's a mixture of politics, a lot of development, a lot of real estate news, um, sneak peeks of new restaurants, bars opening. We even name bartender of the year and restaurant of the year, fun stuff. But we also cover that hard stuff. Like in this last issue, we did a story on Raleigh's escalating homeless population and how that's affecting the city and what we can do to help those people. So you have had the magazine for eight years. So let's go back eight years ago. How much has Raleigh changed? Well, it's unbelievable. (laughs) Right. I mean, it really is unbelievable to think about what the city looked like eight years ago. I mean, Smoky Hollow didn't exist. Right. Um, most of what is on the opposite side of North Hills, where Capitol Grill, most of that didn't exist right. back then. It was just really, really starting to develop over there. The towers, downtown. I mean, it, it's it's incredible. I went back when I was preparing for this to look back to our first issue eight years ago, and it was really funny. The average closing price on a house that month was $273,600. I pay attention to that all the time and Staggering. it's mind-boggling. Oh yeah. Well, I, I say to clients that are relocating to, you know, our area, which is a huge amount of people, I'll say, you know, in the old days, Raleigh used to be still country. They're like, oh, really? Like how long ago? I'm like, 10 years ago. Yeah. <laughs> like I'll refer to 10 years ago as the old days because it's just changed so much. You know, it'll be like, in the old days, Holly Springs wasn't Holly Springs. Yes. Yeah. You know, like carry was really country. It's hard to understand if you didn't see it. Like even five years ago for all those places. Oh, absolutely. Have tremendously. I, I, I was telling my team, I really wanted to do a time lapse of that Peace Street, Smoky Hollow area. Do you remember when they took Finches down? Yeah. I mean, because we're not going to be, it won't be long before people can't even remember what that looked like. I love that idea that you should definitely do that. Yeah. I think so many people would think that's interesting Cause when, because when we're seeing change so quickly, mm-hmm. you know, because usually whenever you do hear people say the old days, well, you're talking like 50 years ago, right. yeah. I think a minimum, maybe 25 years, right? In the old days. But when we're talking like yeah. massive changes over 10 years, that's well, a I'll lot. I'll tell you a funny story. So I, I, I live... Um, sort of Northwest Raleigh. I live in a neighborhood, Wood Valley, that was built in the 90s. Moved there with um, when my second child was born. So I've been there 21 years, which makes me really old. <laughs> but 
when I bought my house, you could drive across over 540, the neighborhoods just beyond it. You could look in both directions and not see a car because 540, that section of it was so brand new, no one was using it. That was just 20 years ago. Yeah. Um, so it, I, I think you're right, especially newcomers. They think it's always been this it's way. Not, no. no. Raleigh was country. Yeah. Yeah. So with that being said, the growth so quickly, even in 20 years, it has primarily been because of relocations. And it really is a great place. North Carolina as a whole, I think, is a wonderful state to live. We've got so much to offer. And I see it in my specific market with the huge relocation infrastructure. How are you seeing that reflect in your magazines? It's been crazy. Um, we, we call it the C word. We don't like to talk about COVID a lot. And while a lot of publications really struggled, and, and we did too from an advertising standpoint, we really shifted our model, not knowing whether people would pick up the magazine or what would happen. And we worked with restaurants to put them into go orders mm. and with apartment communities, the high-end ones, to sealed boxes. And what we found is newcomers, I mean, pouring in the gate, sixty what, 60,000 moved here during that time. Yeah. And most came from larger cities. And so they are just... They're like sponges. They want to know everything. They don't understand what a Bailey box is. They don't know ITB. And so there's a lot they want to learn. They want to be insiders. So we run everything we write about through a filter. We obviously want locals to feel comfortable and feel like it's worth reading, that it's not a newcomer's publication. So it's really important to us that we sort of have an inside scoop on anything so that it appeals to both groups. But there is this, this craving of these newcomers wanting to understand sort of the history and, and the pockets. You know that. I agree with that. People want to feel included. They do. Nobody wants to stick out. I think sometimes locals, though maybe not meaning to, they'll be like, oh, you're a transplant or, oh, you're not from here. And in a way, you've, you automatically kind of get a little bit of a, a defense going on, like, I'm a transplant. I'm not from North Carolina. I've been here for 13 years. I can't imagine moving again. But, you know, it it does take a little bit. So whenever you have, you know, anything that's going to give you a little bit of value, which Raleigh Magazine gives value, it tells you what's going on. It tells you what had previously gone in. It's telling you what is up and coming. That That's important. That's important to the transplants. And it's important to the born and raised who have kin here from sure. how many— years before them. Well, and I get excited when I happen, and it happens a lot, happen across somebody sitting at bar, dinner, and they'll say, oh, we just moved here. We've been here three months. They're my favorite people to talk to because they're so enthusiastic. They chose Raleigh. They weren't born here. They looked around the country and had a choice of where to go. And they chose our city. Yeah. Which I know we can can sit up straight and be proud because we do have a lot to offer. Right. Um, and I, I, so I love talking to those people about how and what was the driving factor in making a decision. I also think it's funny. We run into a lot of people who they move here and they go, oh, we bought in Holly Springs and we stayed there eight months. Not, nothing against Holly Springs. That's not my point. But then we found our people in five points. We found our community. Right. So many times people move here and buy because they're in a hurry to find something. And then they realize Maybe they didn't find the right community, and so they're shopping again. I I deal with that a lot. I bet. 
Um, we have people that'll call all the time about relocating or on our website, filling out the little informations. And they're all over the place. You know, like the husband will be working here, the wife will be working here, or they're worried about extracurricular activities for kids. Whatever anybody's personal situation is, I'm always like, you know, we're kind of all over. Why don't we rent for six to 12 months, figure out where we like, and then we can revisit? Um, because what's the point of buying to move again in 12 months or be unhappy? I always say, you're buying a house, not a shirt. We can't return it. Right. Because after six to 12 months, you know where you're going to be. And yes, are you spending a lot more money in rent? Maybe. I mean, yes, you are. That's not debatable. But you're not going to make money selling your house in this market in 12 months. You're going to lose by the time you're paying attorney fees, deed transfers, oh. real estate fees. You know, you're you're not making that money. So pay the rent. And it's peace of mind that you're buying. Yeah. That's because I had an editor whose husband worked for um, some movie production company and they brought them here and they rented a house um, and literally lived, I mean, lived it. She hated the house. She hated the location. But they lived there for 12 months and did the research before they figured out where they wanted to be. Yeah. And they wanted to be downtown Oakwood. She does. I would have never jumped at that if I had just come through for a weekend looking at houses. I think it's hard. It's very hard, especially if you don't know where you're going. Even people that don't, that have lived here, you know, whether it's all your life or, you know, years, it's really hard to know what you want when you're committing to something long, like a house. You know, it's a huge commitment. Mm. It's very expensive. Three hundred thousand is really the price of your new starter home, which is mind-boggling yes. to me. And then, you know, the more money you're going, the harder it is to to think about, now what do I do? I don't like it. I'm stuck. Like your person said. And I, I really do think with home buying, the easiest way to decide what you want is knowing what you don't like. You know, you don't know what you want until you feel it. Well, it's funny. I use that phrase a lot with my advertising clients because a lot of times we work with people that know they need to advertise. They haven't had to do it before, but they know there's so many newcomers here and want to, and they don't know where to start. And I'm like, okay, better yet, tell me what you don't like. Yeah. Because I can figure out what you like based on what you don't like. I'm not far from empty nester. My youngest is going to be a sophomore in high school, and I have started to think about wanting to live in the Cotton Mill or Bloomsbury downtown. I spend more time driving back and forth from North Raleigh to downtown because of what I do. And my kids are like, what? <laughs> You're going to sell our house? And I'm like, I don't need 4,000 square feet in an acre and a half yeah. if it's just me. Yeah. So it's so you do start, there are stations in your life where you start to, to change maybe what you like. That's a really good point that you made also that I hear a lot of people say in real estate, they want to move. So I have huge age differences yeah. between my kids. So I have 21 down to five, but so I have also different groups of friends from their mm -hmm. friends. You know, I'm the young mom with my older kids. I'm the old mom with my young kids. But with the my older kids, most of them are becoming empty nesters right, yeah. right now. They want to move because they primarily want to downsize. And it's funny the different things that they want to do. Some of them are like, well, our kids are now out of state or, you know, the youngest is going to college we now are looking at places at the beach or we're looking at places in the mountains. Right. I mean, they're looking at moving, like staying in the state, but moving. Their kids are having a fit. Oh, yeah. And for that, my answer always is, well, tell your kids that they can purchase the house at, you know, whatever number you work no. out. 
or they now need to kind of revamp with your new chapter. And I think that's the other thing whenever you're buying a house or looking at moving. It's a new chapter. So you have to make it about the people that are primarily going to be in that chapter. And parents, I think, have a guilt, specifically mothers. Uh, always. <laughs> Mom guilt yeah. is re- I grew up Catholic, so my guilt oh, is you're, real. You're twice guilt as much is guilt. insane. Yeah. yeah. So your mom guilt is kind of like, well, they're not going to, you know, is that is that going to feel like home? Is that going to give them enough space? Or I also deal with a lot of older people that have moved, you know, from up north. There's a specific neighborhood in Sanford called Carolina Trace. Mm-hmm. It's a gated community on a lake with two 18-hole golf courses. It's wonderful. Totally. A lot of Northerners would relocate there whenever they retired. Well, now those, the OGs, the originals of Carolina Trace, are now going into like one of three tiers of living or assisted living facilities. And their biggest thing whenever, you know, they're looking, relocating from another state is, well, is there going to be enough bedrooms for when my children and grandchildren move? Well, we have this amazing thing called VRBO and Airbnbs, hotels, and they're probably at most going to visit twice a year. Twice a year. I told my kids, I said, if I end up at the cotton mill, which I'm waiting for someone to die (laughs) off or sell, advertisement here, um, I said, Longleaf, you will stay. And they're like, what? You're going to put us in a hotel? I'm like, yeah, you're not going to visit that often. Yeah. Twice a year, I will put you at the hotel. Because I guarantee you, your children are not buying a house based on their parents. They're just not, you know? So buy your house for you. Yes, for sure. So I'm looking at your magazines, and I see tons of advertisements and with real estate. I work, I think, with a lot of new agents that it does not occur to them that magazines, specifically like Raleigh Magazine, any kind of magazines that add value to people that have relocated here or are wanting to learn more about advertising in magazines. And I'll say that to them, and they're like, oh, I didn't think about that. Do you come across that a lot? You know, there were a number of years where everyone thought digital was the answer to everything. Yeah. And and I think there's still a segment of the population that believes that, and that's why we sort of have all of those opportunities. So when someone just wants digital, you know, we do all the email marketing. We give you, and we have a huge audience, but we work with real estate offices, and some of them have been with us as many as five years, never missed an issue, and can track it back to the advertise, you know, to the houses they sold or the the leads they got. I think it it depends on your approach. I do think there's great value in it. I think it says a couple of things when someone sees you in print. It means you're established. Mm-hmm. I agree. And especially if you are doing it on a regular basis or semi regular, it means that you're investing in your company and you believe in what you're doing. I think there's there's a prestige that comes with that and a respect. And integrity ingrained in that. Right. I think the perception. I think there's a great way that real estate offices and realtors can work with magazines, specifically us. Some of my best stories come from people in your industry. When they start to see a trend, you know, you've had three clients all asking for the same thing. We did it. One of my best stories early on was when that trend started where if you wanted to buy a house and there were multiple offers, write a letter. I love letters. Make them love you. A realtor mentioned that to me casually in conversation. And I was like, what? And she goes, oh, yeah. All my customers are doing that. And so we were able to do that story, interview her. She didn't pay for that. We're not a pay-to-play. 
And, and I would say that if if you're uh, considering advertising and they say, well, we'll write about you if you advertise, don't do it. Yeah. Because that means somebody's not reading your, their magazine for the content. They're just putting anything in there. I do agree with that. I mean, it shouldn't be leveraged, the two. we If you come to me with a good story, whether you don't advertise with me or you do, it doesn't matter. If it's a good story, we're going to do it and we're going to reach out. It's also a great way to become a resource. Several times a year, well, almost every issue, we do a story on what's happening in the home market. Last issue, it was on the six new condo communities that are coming online. In March, we pulled six houses that sold in January and looked at what they sold the time before versus what they sold for in January. And we reached out to a couple of real estate offices that we have relationships with to get their perspective. Why this street? Why this neighborhood? You know, why a 493% increase in a, in a house every five years? And so if you've got a relationship like that with a publication, or um, they're likely to use you as a resource. Absolutely. That goes to networking in mm-hmm. general. Very much um, so. I cannot stress how important networking is to any real estate agent or sales in general, right? right? You have to meet these people so that you pop into their head Mm -hmm. and you leave an impression to where they're going to think of you about, about being a professional that's knowledgeable and wants to play with others Mm -hmm. and is personable. And you can't do that if you're just hiding in an office all the time. Sending emails. Yeah, You have to meet people face-to-face and have conversations and pick up the phone and call. You, you do. Yeah. And that that's the part that I think most people struggle with, which is if you are not going to become rememberable to people, you will quickly be forgotten. Oh, people laugh at me. I don't go anywhere that I don't have a Raleigh magazine or two with me. And, and they're like, why are you? I'm like, that's that's who I am. That's what you're always, you want to leave that. That's your brand. It is. You want to leave your brand and you want to make sure they remember you when you walk away. And I think that's a good thing. I, I love that you do that. You're proud of it and you should be proud of it. If you don't believe in what you have, why would you expect anybody else to believe in it? Well, and I also think back to the advertising piece or how you share your message. If you work in real estate, you've sold houses. You have clients that are happy and have had great experiences with you. Sometimes, think about when you go to rent a house at the beach or you buy a product. We all scroll down and read the reviews. I read them and I do that. That's great. I really do. I I don't. I very rarely buy something without looking at a review. Oh. Also, I put a lot of emphasis in reviews. I think when you're spending money, yeah, whether it's a house or whether it's a pair of shoes or a beach house for the weekend. The thought of a bad review, that that sets me into an anxiety attack. I work really hard, and I don't want anybody to think that I did not do a good job with them. So I do think about that. So let's go back to real, newer agent. Well, any agents. I, I don't care if they're newer agents who have been established and are trying to continue growing um, advertising in magazines. What do you think you see with agents is the biggest benefit of doing so? I do believe it goes back to the credibility of it. And I think it gives, you know, a lot of times when someone advertises with us, I do a lot of um, chatting with them about maybe it's not your face that's in the ad as much as let's put a house that's sort of indicative of what you sell the most of or what you specialize in. And I know they always say, well, I sell everything. But I always like to say you want to give people an idea of, what your specialty is or what they can count on you for. And I think showing some sold property or something that you have on the market 
really helps. And by being a monthly magazine, you know, our turnaround, you know, likely what you put in there won't be sold by the time the next issue rolls out. Right. So I think that, um, and again, we've worked with companies who swear by it, have had great success, but we also, like you, have a podcast. We we have the largest social media of any print media in the triangle, including the News and Observer and the Indy, which have been around over 40 years. So for somebody who's looking for a channel to share their message, print may be it, but digital might be it. And so we've really, we're more of an omni-channel company. People often think all we do is, is print. And so, but we offer all of that. And I think it's just like you, when you sit down to go, okay, what kind of neighborhood? How many bedrooms? For us, it's about, so what are you interested in? And what is the message you're trying to share? We have a full design team that puts together probably 60% of the ads you see in the magazine. It's more about working with you to figure out the best way to, to share your message with who you're trying to reach. Because our Instagram follower is a very different person in some cases than the person that's reading print or that the million people a year that go to the website. Right. So it's for us, it's about a layered approach, trying to help you get your message to the right person through a couple of different channels. I love this. If you are a realtor listening to this, what Raleigh Magazine is offering, it's helping build your brand. And that is so important. I say that all the time. Brand building is so important. Not your firm. Remember, your firm already has its brand. It's already spent a lot of money being that name or that brand. We're talking about your brand. And every realtor should have their own brand. The most successful ones always do. If you don't, this might be a wonderful partnership to help build your specific brand. They're going to put your picture in it. Again, if you don't want your picture in it, I am a person that does think your photo should always be attached to your name as a realtor. I don't understand why people don't. And I hate photos hate photos. Get professional hair and makeup, Mm -hmm. get professional photos. They go a long way. I am obsessed with my headshot because of the professional makeup. If I could just have her with me all the time, we would be great. With your team that helps brand, set up the advertisements, Mm -hmm. which I call branding because that's very helpful. Like, is there a specific amount of time that they have to commit to? Or what do you see most agents do? If, If they're monthly publications, obviously, can they just do one month? Can they do six months? How how do they sure. set that up? Uh, you know, it's funny. Very often I'll have somebody come to me and say, I want to do a full page one time. And I'm like, I really don't want to take your money because there are very few things that people are going to make an impulse decision on. You're not selling a pair of tennis shoes. You're selling something impactful that's going to change their life. They need to see it repeatedly. So very often I suggest people do a minimum of three issues. They can be every other issue, however you want to do it, but at least they need the repetition of that. We have a photography team who has a makeup person. So if someone doesn't have headshots for themselves, that's what we sort of recommend is a minimum of that. But we sit down and have a conversation. If you've got logos, photos, show us things you've that you've created for your clients. And then we come up with a couple of different ads. And I'm proud to say that if you're familiar with the new beautiful building, 400H, that's going up on Hillsborough Street. Gorgeous. Gorgeous. They have a full team of marketing people, but they asked us to do their ads because they love what we do. I think we have a really talented team, and we make sure that everyone doesn't look the same, and we help you craft your ad to match your brand. That's really important because you do want 
to be able to stand out. And if everybody is kind of all the same, nobody, you're just blending. Um, I have a great story, and I won't name the the real estate office, but they had been in business for 10 years. It's a last name, the company name is, and he had never done any advertising, never, and decided to give it a shot. They've been with us now for five years and swear by it. He goes, my neighbors now know what I do. And I was like, I'm sure your neighbors knew who you were. But, but he said, I feel like it's elevated how people see me in the community. It's elevated. They think I take my business more seriously. It led to him changing locations, doing something more high profile. So I think print does that I agree. for brands. It's going to come off wrong, but it is, I think, you. I hope everybody knows what I mean. It's going to make it seem like you are not better than you are, but you're more together, established, possibly even successful. Because when people are seeing you in print, even if you've just had 10 closings in a year, but if they see it, they're going to think, wow, that person must really be killing it. They must really be pretty big in their market. So if you're doing 10, great job. Put yourself in some print, and then maybe next year you're going to see 20. Keep going because if you let yourself stay stagnant and just keep doing the same thing, that's all it's going to do. You have to keep on investing in yourself. And if you are newer to this and you're not familiar with it, anytime you're going to do this print work or advertisements, those are all tax write-offs, which you need as a realtor. So do it. See the differences and let's see how it's going to take you to the next level because it should take you to the next level. Well, and for us... We try to integrate our advertisers and people we work with into events that we host. So we just did a, an event for, we named, you know, honored 17 women who are shaping the future of Raleigh. I like oh. to say they had their hands in the dirt. Love they that. really and, and we invited many of our clients to be in the room for that. So they're all of a sudden meeting 50 new people that they maybe wouldn't have had access to otherwise. Yeah, networking. It, it really, it, it's all about that. I take magazines, even if I'm like vacationing or not from somewhere, or don't even work that market. I mean, specifically like in different markets, I have no idea who their top producing agents are, no idea about the different firms. I mean, you've got your, you know, your token nationwide firms, but I'll always grab magazines and look through them to see who's advertising, just to put a name with the face, just to kind of say, have I heard of them? Most of the time I haven't because they're markets I'm not familiar with. But I still want to get different ideas or be like, oh, that person's probably killing it. Or, oh, I like the way they set that up. So just the constant dorky research right. that I'm doing and curiosity, just curiosity. I do the same thing. And in my local markets, I look in the magazines and be like, oh, why isn't, I didn't see that agent in there. Or, oh, I wonder why they're not doing it anymore. Just certain things. Because right. to me, you constantly have to stay present. And if you're not, why? What are you hearing about? The feedback from people who have relocated here, whether it's six months ago or six years ago, what is, this is going to be a two-part question, what is their favorite things that they have kind of discovered in our Raleigh or even Halo area about what we have to offer? You know, I think I hear a lot, um, and this is there's a general and a specific, I think they love how much there is to do in all the different pockets that, you know, there's stuff going on in Five Points or stuff at Dick's Park that depending on what they're interested in, they can find something in, in different areas. There's always something happening. I also think they're really excited to see our food scene blossoming. A lot of them have come from larger cities that have maybe a bigger food scene or more developed. I think they're excited 
to see new new areas like the Exchange popping up mm-hmm. and Ironworks and Crawford opening another new restaurant that's maybe not on Person Street that's a little further out. You know, and I think people are really excited about Fenton. Oh, I think so too. And I was really surprised because you've been here just long enough to understand that Raleighites don't typically love Carrie. There's that love-hate relationship. <laughs> Carrie's uh, Carrie. Yeah. And but I think Fenton has sort of merged the two. I'm, I'm amazed at how many people, friends of mine, who go, "Oh, yeah, I went to the movie and I went to Fenton, or I went shopping and went to dinner," you know. And and so they're thinking about it as more of a broad area. I think Giorgio opening East End Bistro. I met a couple who had just driven to Chapel Hill to go to one of his restaurants into Durham because they loved it so much here. So I I feel like they're excited about all the opportunity that's yeah. tying the community together. I agree with that. I think that the pockets, you know, I'm even hearing people talk about like the mosaic in Chatham yeah. County over in Pittsburgh. So same type of thing. Yes. They're, they're expanding and the, all these places are within an hour, I'd say. People who are moving here from California and, and other places who sit in traffic for hours to get anywhere, for them to drive an hour to Chapel Hill or to Durham, it's nothing. That's not bad. We're The ones of us that have been here a long time are the ones that bitch and groan about, excuse me. <laughs> That's exactly right. That is exactly right. The ones that have been here forever are like, oh, it's take, I've added on another 10 minutes of my commute. Okay, well, it's still under 30 minutes, yeah. so we doing good. Yeah, we're still really <laughs> in good shape. And what is the biggest thing that you're hearing from people not from here that they wish that they were kind of seeing or miss, I guess, from where they came from? They would like to experience it here. The one thing I hear a lot is that Raleigh needs is sort of the the bean in Chicago or some iconic, when they have family visit, they want to take them to something that is iconically Raleigh, mm-hmm. that they can have their photo taken in front of. That f- And I think we're working on that. I think as a city, we're working on that. And it wouldn't surprise me if Dick's Park or things at Dick's Park would not ultimately be that. Like a, a staple, right? In the center exactly. that everybody kind of, like the arch. Or, yes. Those are hard things to do, though. They I really mean, are. That's part of the actual city that's been there forever. Right. I mean, I, I think, I mean, truly, when I heard this the first time, it made me pause. We are building the last great American city park at Dick's Park. There is no other city in the country that has that land in its city limits to devote to a park. And when you think about it in that way— what a treasure. Yeah. And I don't think a lot of people go out there, and we're going to be doing a pullout in one of our upcoming issues that explains, because there's going to be a brewery out there, and there's going to be food out there, and there's five different entrances. I don't think people, a lot of people, they think it's a green pasture, unless I want to throw a fris- frisbee or walk the dog, why am I going? Right. And there's a lot more to it that is coming and about to happen. So I think that could end up being our sort of central park. I think that's a really good thought to it. I think also Raleigh has some great parks in general. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's lots of things that are, and there's things that are always going on at one of the parks. Yes. You know, another thing that I think that Raleigh has is I am a, a former soccer mom with my 18 year old, and Raleigh has some great facilities oh. for for sports, you know, oh, whether absolutely. you're talking soccer, lacrosse, um, you know. The softball fields, baseball fields, I don't think people that aren't from here realize how 
If, oh. if you're from here, you might not understand how good they are. Right. If you haven't compared them to well, other Well, and if places. your kids didn't play soccer and you didn't right. spend a lot of time. Yeah. I'll tell you, I am really excited. I've been part of the the team helping make this happen with the the Skate Raleigh Park. That's yeah. In. Oh, my gosh. It's awesome. I I have I don't think I've seen anything that has unified the entire city. No one has a negative thought about this. Yeah. It is going to be they're taking such an eyesore space along Capitol Boulevard. And my understanding, if the planets align, they will do the ribbon cutting the end of June. They want it to be open in first phase in July for kids to be able to enjoy. But you talk about something that's going to cross all socioeconomic, race, ages, sports. I mean, anything that has a wheel on it. Yeah. It can go. I, it's, it is going to be so good for our city. I love that. I, and I agree. I think I think that the parks here are great. I think that they try and reach out to all the different demographics. And whether you're the X game sport types or your traditional, you know, American right. football, it doesn't matter. I think that there, there are some great facilities. And with the exception of the equipment, they're free. Yes. You know, that's really important. Well, in the skate park, that's one of the things they talked about. It's one of the the lowest thresholds of cost to yeah. get involved in, whether it's a skateboard or a scooter. It's There's not a lot of stuff you need yeah. to be able to make that happen. You know, I grew up in the 90s, so Tony Hawk was huge, so let's go back. Well, there's rumors <laughs> they're trying to get him here for an event, so you may get to see him in person. So, Gina, on um, our segment, our podcast for On the Real Estate, I always end with a can't-make-this-shit-up story. I love stories that are just so bizarre where I'm like, that's not true. And they're like, can't make this shit up. So <laughs> let's hear. I bet it was hard for you to narrow one down. It was. So I took it to the editorial team and I said, I've really, you know, we're expected to know good stories. And I hope this one falls in line with the kind of stuff that will make you say you can't make this shit up. <laughs> there is a active working brothel in Raleigh. And not where you might think. It is happening on a right above a thriving area, above a grocery store. That's all I'll say for now. But it's truly happening. The police are involved. Huh. Now I just want to find it. Not for a side job. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't even think of that. You're sharp. I'm just nosy. I'm just nosy. No, I mean, so it's like, you know what? Did you get tipped off on this? We did. We Are did. you going to do a story on this? Yeah, we should. We're working on it. Do you like how I included we? We, we should. Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. <laughs> and I will, uh, off the air, I'll share with you. But but it's interesting how, you know, when things grow as fast as it has, and we've got cool stuff, and it brings out the seedy. <laughs> I don't know another word for it. It brings out another element. All right. So, but I just thought that was pretty fascinating. The other thing, if that doesn't shock you enough, we found out today that the city of Raleigh is going to make a parking ticket fine on Glenwood South is going to go from $30 to $200. A $200 parking ticket? Yes. And the reason is that they believe that some of the traffic on Glenwood South is leading to some of the crime and issues they're having. So this would be a way to deter parking on Glenwood South. But where are we supposed? Where are I guess parking park? decks or private lots, but get it off the street. Huh. I don't know much more than that, but that's pretty steep. Parking kind of makes me crazy. Yes, it's a, it's a hot button with everyone I know. So far, I can't make our shit up today. We have learned that Raleigh has a whorehouse, and parking is two hundred dollars. So either way, you're kind of getting screwed if you if you don't pay attention to what's happening. Can't make that shit up. Can't make that shit up. 
<laughs> well, thanks, Gina, for coming to visit. <laughs> I think we're leaving on a great note. <laughs> thanks for having me. <laughs> Thanks, everyone, for listening to this episode of On the Real Estate Podcast, brought to you by House Hunt with Kelly and Adcock Real Estate Services. If you like the show, be sure to rate us, write us a review, press the follow button, or share on your network. Of course, if you're looking for a real estate agent to help guide you in this current market, I would love to be a part of your search. Please reach out to me and we can start your newest chapter, whether you're buying or selling. This episode was edited and produced by EarFluence. I'm Kelly Dubois, and I will talk with you on our next On the Real Estate podcast.